Welcome, everyone, to the Enter the Vortex podcast with Carol and Erin, where we share our experiences and opinions on the metaphysical and physical aspects of life as we know it. Hi, hi. How's it going? Uh, it has been a day. <laughs> <laughs> Say more about that, Erin. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's, let's, uh, let's drink all the water first because this might be a long-winded dug. Uh, <laughs> I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Let's go. Oh, yeah. Um, long story short, my furnace decided to, you know, kick the bucket. <laughs> Slightly aided. Maybe it was an assisted death. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, yeah. My my husband is a an electrician. And so he was trying to figure out what was going on with it. But it's a natural gas furnace. Um, and it, trust me, like, not trust me, but like, hear me when I say that it has been broken for a long ass time. Um, just based on like what I'm hearing now from what he's saying. And then we have a neighbor who actually does, um, HVAC stuff. So he came over and looked at it and he's like, yeah, like it's probably been broken for a while. And like, this is just kind of like the final, like demise of the furnace thank god it's not minus fucking 40 out oh that's very true we are definitely in spring here yep um yeah so that ended so we've got uh the one of the parts is under warranty the other part we got from uh, my husband's father who you know has connections which is really awesome and uh, the people who installed the furnace when the house was built will be coming in and fixing it all. Um, thankfully, parts were, well, one of the parts were under warranty. So, woohoo. Nice. Um, yeah, but that was my fun. And then I went out and bought a whole bunch of space heaters because <laughs> we have to keep the house somewhat toasty, um, you know, until then. So, yeah um if anyone needs space heaters right now canadian tire has a sale <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> or in about three or four days from now you can look for aaron's kajiji ad <laughs> yeah. and I, I said that i was like we should keep the receipts and the boxes so that you know once their furnace is fixed we can like return them and my husband's like no no no, we're gonna keep them i'm like why do we need five space heaters <laughs> in our inventory uh, but whatever. I mean, cool, dude. Uh, whatever you want to do, I guess. <laughs> Listen, I am fully in support of selling things online. Uh, there has been a fair amount of things that I've purged that way. And also then realizing that I'm selling some of these items for more than what I actually paid because I often buy things on discount and sales. Yeah. And then when I go to take a look at the price tag and I was like, huh, I charged this person $15, but I only paid five score. Like, you know, and it still is like the value of the product obviously is in the $15. I'm not ripping people off, but I'm making a profit. Mm-hmm. Like I have a friend that will go to that crazy bins place, which is like the oh, Amazon yeah. reject place. Yeah. And he, he was buying, um, I think dog leashes or whatever for whatever bin price was up for the day that he went, but he was marking them up like, let's say he paid $5. He was charging 25. So $20 profit, 20 to $30 profit to be selling them on, on Facebook marketplace to people that like, I think that's fantastic. Like whatever, if you can, if you can hustle that way and you have the patience, the time and the desire, like go for it. I, some of those, um, what is those things, the storage wars things kind of style, like that stuff does interest me, but I don't need a storage bin 
I just have an entire house full of Akashics that need to be cleared. <laughs> yeah, like lots and lots of old stuff that just needs to be gone. Yeah. There are a lot of toys from the 80s that I probably am sitting on a gold mine that I'm likely going to be starting to list uh, in the going coming months, like as I start to organize and purge and think about moving into my own home. Like, are these things that I would want my children to play with? Probably not. Are, mm-hmm. So what am I keeping them for, right? Like, yeah. because it was nostalgia? Well, okay, I'll keep my Cabbage Patch dolls because fuck yeah, Cabbage Patch dolls rock and they're still popular and they're a cute doll. I have a whole freaking family of them. Um, my Barbies, meh, for his, like his, history maybe, but I don't know that my kids would play with them. Um, I have a collection of gem dolls, which are not like, it's like a mismatch of gem dolls. Like I might sell those because this nostalgia is there, but I'm never going to play with them again my kid's probably not going to be interested in that kind of stuff. And if, if they, if she is, if I have a girl, like, cool. something that I would sell off, you know, if somebody actually else was interested. So, Hey, if you're a gem fan and you're interested, find me on Instagram, send me a DM and we can negotiate <laughs> my little ponies. Like I actually saw this really cool, uh, chick on, on Instagram moon, something dancer is her. I'll have to check Look it up. Um, but she repurposes my little ponies and she like adorns them with crystals and ceramic and clay roses. And like her art is fantastic. And I don't know if I want to recreate that for myself, for my own like garden, like I would put them in my garden or something around the house. Or do I contact her and say, would you be willing to pay for shipping and I'll ship them to you. Like you just pay for the shipping and you can have them to repurpose for your business. Like, I don't know where she's from. I think she might be from the UK. So shipping might be a little expensive because they're heavy. Yeah, that's fair. You know what I'm saying? But like have them, like if you're, if you're creating art with them, like I freaking love that. Like I'd rather see a lot of the stuff, like I would rather see go to, to that kind of thing. Like I would rather support another artist and be like, yo, like pass pay it forward or send me back one someday when you feel like it like make like surprise me or something like that like if I lived in if I lived where she lived I would just go drop them off obviously but I don't think she's local I'm pretty sure she's from the UK I'll have to look up what her uh, her art is really really cool because she'll change it and she'll she's done like goth themes and she's done like Harley Quinn I think I saw she did one and, and it was like it's just wild so that like that kind of that kind of creativity really I, I dig it it makes me happy because like, and seeing, I have another friend who is local in Winnipeg. I met her at a market that I did at Christmas time and she takes, she does her own candles, but she's lately been into vintage and she's gone and done teacups and different vintage vases and things and watching her, like, I'm not into vintage, but watching her go through it on like her reels and her stories and seeing what she's done and how she's repurposed and turned them all into really freaking cool candles. I freaking love it. I just love it anyone's interested that's high wax candle company i'm gonna do a little shout out um she doesn't know i'm doing a shout out but i don't care i'll i'll tell her about it she says she's a fun personality um i can't wait to dig into some of her products too so mm-hmm. all about that stuff so either do i become the creative person or you know if i had the time do i have the time right now not really <laughs> time is of the essence right now yeah no i hear that like um it's actually funny because i was uh there's a, um, well, a couple of stained glass artists that I follow on Instagram now. And, and, um, one of them, I actually bought a piece from, um, I'm going to get her Instagram correct. Which, which way glass co I think. Okay. I've heard of her. Yeah. You probably, 
I'll have to look it up because I want to make sure I shout her out properly. Um, yeah, which way Glasgow? I was right. Yes. Um, but like W-I-T-C-H, like which. Um, and like, so I've bought a piece from her and then I've started like, you know, communicating and talking with her um, prior to me purchasing this piece. Um, and like, actually she follows me back. I'm very, I was like, oh, like you don't have to, that's really kind of you. And, you know, she's like, no, like we were having a really good conversation. I'm like, I love it. Um, but either way, so she's been working on this really beautiful, like Luna moth. Oh my God. It is interesting. So stunning. Um, it's like 19 inches tall and 16 inches wide. It's a huge piece. So she's finished it. And I'm like, okay, dude, like I, from the, the moment she shared the glass, I'm like, she's doing a Luna moth and I'm going to be like all over this. So I like obviously messaged her. I'm like, what are you creating? Please tell me. And she's like, it's, you know, it's this. And so she showed me the pattern. I'm like, oh my God, it's going to be stunning. So I've been like keeping up with her and like, she's been, I think she just started it like yesterday. Um, and she's already finished the piece and I'm like, okay, (laughs) like, how much is this going to cost me or has set me back here? Like, tell me. Um, and like, like I am all for when people who create things actually sell them what they're worth. Yes. I want to support you. I don't want you to give me a fucking discount because I've talked to you for two weeks. You know what I mean? Like I want to pay to actually support you. Mm -hmm. Right. So this huge, beautiful Luna moth is like almost $800. Oh, wow. <laughs> and what I'm like, okay. so I, I said, like I sent her a message and I'm like, okay, dude, I get it. Like, I, I really would love that. Obviously, like I don't have an extra $800 just hanging around. Yeah. Um, and she's like, yeah, no, like totally, like she's posted it on her, on her um, website. And she's like, I understand like a lot of my bigger pieces kind of just, you know, they don't sell as quickly as the smaller stuff right because they're a little bit more of an investment and I'm like no like I'm all for you you know charging what you're worth like I really like love that and I really do hope that I will create some amazing money magic to be able to purchase this piece because it is stunning oh god like I look at it and I'm like oh it's so perfect and like I kind of low-key want to be like hey you should like take that that pattern and scale it down and make smaller versions of this because I think you would like so many people would be all over it right um yeah so like I've been talking with her where was I going with this um oh yeah so where I was going with this was my husband I was showing him I'm like I want this I'm telling you that if I ever get an extra $800 and this thing is available I am ordering it she is thankfully semi-local she's in Ontario that's not that Uh, far so it's like shipping I mean I the last piece I purchased shipping was free so it's probably not universe what would it take for you to have the extra $800 by the eighth month of this year so that you don't have to worry about shipping you can pick it up by hand maybe she'll meet you where you have to go for that wedding yeah that'd be fun also, because I found it before I forget, mm-hmm. the Instagram account for the repurposed My Little Ponies, it is little underscore moon dancer, and she has an Etsy shop, and it is based out of the UK, 
and her it, her newsfeed is just it's just delights my 80s child it's so great I can smell the dolls because mine still have a smell actually because my little my little ponies um I've kept them in an old school square Tupperware container and when you pop it open it still smells like my little ponies that's amazing I even had like cupcake scented ones birthday cake scented ones like with little things on the bum sticking out a little bit and and like I said she she does these the, the work is beautiful there's quartz crystal and roses and daisies and like so many different things and then she does like different themes and she'll embellish what's already pre-existing on them and sometimes she'll change the hair and another one that I want to do which I think I'm going to do and keep for myself because they're hilarious um is the trolls those trolls that were popular yep. yank the hair out I might yank the hair out and make the hair into skirts or something else um, but then you plant succulents in their head. Oh, that's neat. Like I would, ha- I would, ha- I would love to have a troll garden full of succulents. I think that they would that just bring me so much joy. So when I have, um, I, th- I think I just saw that on Pinterest. Though I don't think there's anybody actually selling that stuff. There probably is, but I haven't been in awareness of it. Anyway, um, I would love to have that in my office space when I do find myself another healing space, which is something that I'm tossing out into the universe that I either have the the home in which I can invite my clients to to do the work and or a beautiful office space um, that has a beautiful window that I can open for fresh air mm-hmm. um, and do some healing circles and whatnot. Um, but in the meantime, I'm going to be hosting circles online. So I'm going to host one at the end of this month, March 30th. Um, on calming in the collective chaos so you guys just a little shout out you can watch my instagram for that i'll be posting about that in the next 24 hours well i guess it'll actually already be posted by the time we upload this podcast because whatever (laughs) we do things in our time um but yes um and i'm looking forward to finding a place that's a really great fit for in-person circles because I think I want to bring back my um, shamanic experiences that I've done and be able to start facilitating some similar journeys for my clients in a really beautiful healing space. Unfortunately, my favorite places are no longer in existence, so I'll have to see what else is out there and or what might manifest for myself to be able Mm -hmm. to offer that for others in and around Manitoba. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, there's a few, I don't know, I'm not the one to ask about that specifically, but um, I know we were, when we were toying with the idea of doing like a retreat or something like that in the fall, um, we had looked into a couple of different places that were kind of local. So there's places you just, I got to figure it out where they are. Yeah, that's fair. And they have to be reasonably priced because some of these places as soon as you you mention that you want to do some kind of gathering or ceremony, all of a sudden they're like really ridiculous price to rent. Like that's kind of, I don't know, that's like a pet peeve of mine in our spiritual community in our province. It's it's not what it used to be. It needs to be shaken up and changed up a little bit, I think. Um, the ones that were really prominent in the healing community have kind of taken a really huge step back. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. Making space for others. But at the same time, there is, it's like an echo chamber. There's nothing out there. Like there's not, there's not one particular area that I could say, Hey, yeah, I recommend this place to always go to. Like, I know I have a couple of friends, like where my office space used to be one of, one of the ladies in that office, she would host circle within her office space, but her office space was the size of my living room. 
I didn't have that option in my office space. My office space was the size of a bathroom. <laughs> so like, which is fine. Um, wasn't really conducive to more than two people. And then also it was like lockdown time. So we're done with that now, thankfully. Um, but I think I would also like to do some outdoor gatherings as well. Like when it's no longer slushy and mucky, but like, you know, end of April, if it's dry, fingers crossed. Um, but I, I do think like spring is early this year. I really do think mother nature's kind of been giving me some um, indications of spring, even in January. I've just noticed like a different energy because like, I, I constantly go to Birds Hill Park and I'm constantly hiking on the three or four different trails that are available in the winter for walking. And there's just just watching what's been happening in the activity of the animals and the way the snow has fallen and when the deer have showed up. And um, two weeks ago, I was there with a friend and we were hiking and we noticed that the trees actually had buds on them already, even though they're so heavily snow covered. Uh, yesterday, there was geese spotted in manitoba like in winnipeg and i'm like if the geese are back already like that's like just more and more indications that spring is actually coming early i think for us mm -hmm. um i just hope that it's a slow melt because we've had so much snow that i don't none of us need a flood thank you very much so <laughs> yeah i still find it highly suspicious that that bridge <laughs> out of the, out of Winnipeg is uh, over the floodway is very high. <laughs> well, I think they have been talking about raising the height of that for a while because they have been predicting, with quotation marks, another flood of the century. There could be another flood of the century, yada yada, especially if the weather's being controlled, if that's actually a thing, which, I mean, if you watch the skies and you see the chemtrail patterns, I mean, it is a thing. But I think Mother Nature is still more powerful than we give her credit for. And if she wants to flood, she's going to flood. Mm -hmm. um, but I do agree with you that it is curious the way in which they are um, reinforcing the embankments because they've essentially ac actually dug this ditch deeper, wider, and higher so that it almost mimics, you know, like the Lockport Dam, you know how it's like really deep and wide and then they have those high walls. Yeah. It almost mimics that on the on the north side of the bridge, and it's it was it's interesting to see because I like I was just there that like last week I had passed by and I was like looking at like hmm, so they're actually reinforcing that. I wonder if they're if they're gonna create a, a dam flow channel. Like I'm not sure why they would need to because it kind of is the opposite of the point. But what is it like eight or twelve feet higher than what it used to be? The bridge now has been raised, I think, about twelve feet, and then for them to widen the embankment there. Um, because there are properties at the base of that bridge too, but those properties are all on a hill. Mm -hmm. So I would be concerned if I was living there. That's for sure. Like there is a beautiful white ranch house there. And the only reason why I know that it's there is because randomly on one of my hikes at Birdsville Park, like 15, 20 years ago, my friend and I found a cell phone, good old flip phone, Nokia style. And so we decided that we, and we were in the middle of a trail. Like it was like the back of Esker where nobody else was around. So who the heck knows? No one was coming back for this phone. So I just opened it up and found the last person to send a message. And I said, Hey, I found this phone. I'd like to connect it to the owner. Please let me know how to reach the owner. And they sent, Hey, that's great. Here's this person's address. Here's the number you can contact her. So I used my cell phone to contact her 
she gave me her address and it happened to be that white ranch house and they have horses and she was horseback riding and that's why the phone fell out of her pocket and she was like blown away that anyone would even think to return it and I'm like I have no use for this phone I have my own like (laughs) to me it didn't make sense like this was long before like smartphones my god I'm just making myself sound super old but uh long before like you know it was literally like a basic flip phone with with texting with like one thumb texting like there was really no value in it. And it's like, what's this to me? It, it didn't make sense to me to keep it. So, and my friend and I was like, well, let's go for a drive. So we went again, the same friend that was with me when we found it and uh, dropped it off and met the homeowners and they like gave us a bunch of thank yous. And like, it was just beautiful because they happened to have their horses out in the back. So we kind of caught a glimpse of their horses too. Mm-hmm. So it was just lovely. I'm like, man, I want to live in a ranch house like that one day. I don't know if I want to deal with horses, but maybe somebody else can deal with horses because they are beautiful animals, but I don't want to clean up with them. Because they're they're messy and they stink. Yeah. Stinky. Is this like the last house before you hit the floodway? Uh, if I was going towards the park, it would be the last house on the left after. So like if you were coming home, it would be the last house before the floodway. Mm-hmm. And you have to take that weird little cockeyed turn off there. Yeah, that's the house. It's a beautiful, beautiful front porch. I never saw the inside for the last like six months i've been driving past that house saying it's mine that's so funny <laughs> like so tell me more <laughs> it's so funny it is like it is definitely country vibes um, it's so beautiful beautiful it's so garage. yes i really don't like the location it's too it's too busy right like i don't want to be living right off of 59 um it's pretty treat in though like and then when you take that curvy road you actually it's like you kind of get into this beautiful cone of silence and it's like it feels like a private exit just to get to this one home so it almost feels a bit majestic or or like castle vibes because this is a house on the hill although I am concerned with the height in which they're building the floodway walls that house is a high risk I would I would hate to have it and then lose it because we have had a flood that has knocked out the flood of the century. Like I was alive for the flood of the century. Well, yeah. (laughs) I I still have back injuries from it actually, which I should probably clear that Akashic. Doing manual labor for something that isn't my fault or my, or my, uh, yeah, it was volunteer work for school. I was like 14, but the, when you, the way they get you to sandbag, I don't know why I'm talking about this, but whatever, the way you gotta get you to sandbag is to stand beside each other and essentially oblique twists for five straight hours while I was back spasming for four days because I was not athletic at all as a kid I didn't understand to suck in the core to build and to have that core strength to mm-hmm. you know and sandbags are what 30 or 40 pounds They're or something heavy. like that so it was it was that constantly and with me not understanding how to engage the core correctly and safely and stand correctly we were actually standing on the sandbag dike we were actually standing on the dike between the river and the property. It was wild. Like one wrong step and you would have been in the river. It was, it was interesting, but it was very organized and the military were involved. It was kind of cool, actually. It was an interesting experience, but I also decided at that point that I was never doing stuff like that for free ever again. But we all thought it was like, ah, get out of school for the day. Like go hang out at somebody's party, party house. And there was like, you know, the big fancy property somewhere down the river. And they fed us but it was like beans and cheap hot dogs, which is, it is what it is with a bunch of school, obnoxious teenage school kids. Like that's what you're getting. Yeah. 
whatever it worked yeah i uh i lived through it i actually was rescued off of a piece of ice are you serious <laughs> yeah um, when i was growing up my uh, parents lived north of selkirk mm-hmm. um on like close to breezy point actually we lived in breezy point so like as far north on like oh, yes. as you can go right and yeah i i watched the two years because we got flooded in 96 and then we got flooded again in 97 yes um so the first, like, well, I don't remember which, which year was the first, which, which one I have this memory of, but I remember the water coming in and I remember going up or going to like our, um, the top ha- part of our house, like the, the living in space of our house was actually quite elevated, but the basement was kind of like, mm-hmm. the basement would have been about 10 feet off, out of the ground, as well as about maybe five feet into the ground. So, I mean, it had a basement, the basement flooded, but like, I remember going onto the back step, um, which was like quite high off, off the, uh, surface ground. And I remember looking and be like, oh, my toys are getting floated away. Cause like, we didn't know. And I cried about my little scoop. It was like a little shovel <laughs> getting floated. Aww. away. Um, but yeah. And then like my sister, my sister was only two. No, she would have been, she would have been turning to, so she would have been like just over a year and a bit, mm-hmm. um, for the 96. And then she would have been just over two for the 97. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would have been, would have been like turning five in 96 and turning six in 97. Um, so like that shows you how how young I am here (laughs) but yeah like it was really interesting it was a very interesting experience and like I remember being on like this little iceberg while they went back to get my mom and my sister um because it was my dad and I who got no it probably would have been my mom and my sister and I who got first because they would take the women and children and then they went back for my dad but either way I remember like they did a couple of boat trips <laughs> and then we got to stay in a hotel for a long period of time. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. <laughs> so, like, you guys were on a chunk of ice and floating away or what's the story? No, like they went to pick us up yeah. in the boat. And I mean, this is like very, very young, barely remembering anything. Yeah. Um, but like we got picked up and they took us to a, a big floating piece of ice they dropped us off where other people were also and I guess they went back to get my dad because we didn't have enough space in the boat or something I don't know I don't know who it was I don't know if it was the coast guard or you know military or whomever but someone picked us up in a boat and dropped us off on a floating piece of ice (laughs) that's amazing so yeah and then they would obviously load you onto another boat or something yeah, I don't know how we got off of that ice. I don't even, re- I don't barely remember it. I just remember being on the ice. Like, this is like the one, probably one of the earliest things that I can remember. But like, I don't have the greatest memory of it. That's fair. Yeah, it's interesting. My mother, so my mother hated it. She is a basket case now. Whenever like we talk about flooding, she's like, I got to make sure I don't get flooded and all this stuff. And I, I, I don't blame her. Like <laughs> there's some Akashics there to clear for sure. <laughs> yeah, like it's, it's interesting to me actually how we create Akashics in this life too, that are almost 
sometimes more traumatizing than past life Akashics. But I really love clearing them. They're so, it's so much, to me, I love exploring the Akashics. And I also love unwinding them and the information that you can pull. And, oh man, it just goes hand in hand with like my shamanic journey experiences too. And and the kind of information that you can retrieve from them. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and, and I see like the collective right now like we're kind of repeating some patterns. Like they say history history repeats itself. Well, yeah, but it's not meant to, you know? And what if the history that's quote unquote repeating itself right now is actually the Akashic records flashing us so that we can finally unplug, unhook, unwind and clear it so mm-hmm. that it can heal and be laid to rest forever so that we no longer have to worry about that kind of timeline playing out, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I see that for sure because it, yeah, I don't think we're meant to re- like to recycle these timelines over and over again. Right. Like, and it's interesting too, because there's, I don't know, maybe it's like, because we're in this period of acceleration with a lot of different things or what, but I feel like the whole, like, you know, beginning of the early 1900s, is kind of playing out in that, like, you know, this time period as well. Um, because there's a lot of similarities in what we could look at in like, you know, the early 1910s and then the early 1920s and 30s and 40s and going upwards, right? Like, it's very, very interesting. And I don't, like, again, yeah, I don't feel like we're meant to relive these things. Like, they don't, they don't feel like they're supposed to be like, and not recycled. They're not supposed to be recycled. They're like here to, I guess. Yeah. Like you said, come up, flash us, get cleared because yeah, this is, this is ridiculous. Wild times. That's for sure. Like, and we didn't have the internet a hundred years ago. So what did the propaganda machine look like back then? and compared to now and like I don't even know like the stuff that I see on the internet these days (laughs) it just it feels it doesn't even feel like no noise like there is noise like just go into any Facebook group and you see noise Mm -hmm. but at the same time there's also almost this layer of trying to think of what the right word is it's not hijacking although that does occur as well but it's almost intentionally in your face. It's like this constant drip that's on high speed of flashing this, flashing that, flashing this, and it's inciting some kind of a negative response in the body, but it's like a train wreck. You know, you keep looking at it, you can't look away. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to see, it, The now that I've, I've spent some time doing... So I, I want to say market research in a way, but also I want to reconnect with to see what's going on in the fitness industry. So I went and searched up a whole bunch of fitness groups specifically for women. And I found actually quite a few that are for over 40. I was like, that's my jam, even though I don't look at or feel it, but I technically am on paper. So I've joined a bunch of Facebook groups and I'm seeing what's being posted. And I'm just like, it blows my mind that people are still talking about the same shit that was going on 20 years ago 
in the fitness industry, for an example, and the amount of absolutely ridiculously awful bad advice that is out there. And it's like, where's the evolution of information here? Because what got us there won't get you here to where you want to be now. We can't keep doing the go harder, go home bullshit mentality. That causes injury. Mm-hmm. That causes things in the body that you don't aren't like they're incongruent with what your soul is actually asking for. And that's kind of my, my take on like my approach towards fitness as well. And, and I've had this realization in the last couple of weeks, cause I've kind of come full circle in my own Akashics, which is ironic in a way um, because, you know, I started out working in hospitality and then I left hospitality to go to work in fitness I left fitness to go work in teaching, teaching. None of that stuff was really where my heart was except the fitness stuff. But then I had the opportunity for a little while to go back and work in fitness just recently. And I just kind of like, it was literally like, I felt at home. I knew what I was doing. I was learning the systems really quickly, but that's a group of people that are so set in the way that they think things should be done. Mm-hmm. but they don't see the damage that they are causing to themselves and to other with the advice that is out there. And it actually concerns me. I want to say as a parent, but I'm not a parent, but like coming from the lensing of knowing that there are young kids out there that are looking for that kind of guidance as well. And it's severely lacking. Like the, 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 the constant, my personal favorite is just go into car- calorie deficit. Well, cool story, bro. But if you're basing it on a calorie deficit, this is why this doesn't land for me. And it's an, it's a completely like brash comparison, but that's fine. I don't care. If you're in a calorie deficit and let's say you've decide that your body needs, your body needs a minimum of 12,000 calories, 1200 calories, pardon me. That's what the standard is. 1200 calories, one, two, zero, zero per day just to maintain your basic metabolic life force giving functions. Okay. Mm -hmm. The second you start to do anything physical, you need to up your calories to maintain that balance. There's often an incongruence here. There's many layers to calorie deficit, but just, just as, just to bear with me, you guys to say that you just need a calorie deficit, even though the science analysis, otherwise, let's say your calorie deficit is you burn 1800 calories a day and you're only eating 15. Okay. What about the quality of that 1500 calories? Because I could be a person who's eating 1500 calories, which is six servings of salads, like bag salads, four servings of lean chicken and a protein shake and a piece of fruit. There's my 1500 calories. Cool. I'm in a calorie deficit. I probably feel relatively healthy. That may be too much protein for me. Not sure. That's individual, obviously, but that's sort of the standard quality of what you should be taking in if you're eating clean and you're not taking in that many carbohydrates. Or I could go to to Burger King and have a Whopper meal with a diet drink and also be at 1500 calories and I'm in a calorie deficit for the day. That's my one meal for the day. What quality of life do you think is going to be better? The one that eats the fruit, the vegetables and the salads and the lean protein or the one that eats the Whopper with the diet soda and French fries? You're still in a calorie deficit no matter what. Like, I'm like, no offense to my friends who love Whoppers that are listening. (laughs) because like and it's oh man it's just it's just like I don't know that when I hear somebody say that that's the reason or that's the only way that's the only way that you're ever going to lose weight is if you're in a calorie deficit um cool story bro 
but maybe you need to join the 21st, maybe the, maybe even the 23rd century's worth of science that's out there because if you're not taking into account your hormones, your thyroid, many, many other factors, again, quality of food is hugely important, your sleep, um, you know, all of these other different like, like macronutrients versus micronutrients, your vitamins, your minerals, like if you are in a deficit of any one of those things, if your body is missing a couple of minerals, if your body is missing a couple of vitamins, it thinks it's starving for that particular thing. So no matter what you do, as soon as you put a little snippet of that in your body, it wants to store it as fat because it doesn't know when it's going to get it again. And then you almost turn off the processes that you, that you should be inciting for weight loss. And like some people can lose weight really easily. And I don't know what the magic is there. Um, but others really struggle with it. And to me, like, you have to take a look at like, what is your blood sugar doing? What is it? Do you have insulin resistance? Is there other like factors going on with your adrenals or like your organs, whatever, your intestines, is your gut health? Okay. What's your microbiome look like? All of those things need to be taken into factor and account as well. And if they're not like, then yeah, okay, cool. You can, you can be in a calorie deficit eating Whoppers every day and then wonder why in six months you've, you can't lose weight anymore because you've now created a fatty liver. And yet they're still talking about these things. And it's like the amount of bad advice that's out there on the internet is it's like, it's so like, it's actually almost entertaining to me at this point. Like it's sad, but it's so entertaining to me. And people are so strong in their convictions. Like the same with like witch groups, we can go off on that tangent as well about the, the Facebook groups that I see with the, with the witchy magical star seed groups that are out there because they will defend their, their story to the death. That is the hill they are dying on. Calorie deficit is the only way you can only, you can only do this. You can only do this curse. If you walk around backwards three times and then scream your ex's name out loud, like to the full moon, like, no, <laughs> can we like come down off our soapboxes a little bit? Although I'm standing on it right now, that's fine. <laughs> come down off of these soapboxes for a little bit, unplug from this part of the grid and look at the whole data set that's of the whole grid that you're plugged into and see what else is possible. Because as soon as we start putting limits on things, you don't, you don't necessarily get the downloads that are meant to come to you because you're not even open to it. Mm-hmm. Drives me crazy. Yeah. And like, I mean, maybe like, maybe I'm just really lucky that I find, like I found um, like mentors that were really great at saying like your intention is everything you know because like yeah I mean if you look into the witchy stuff um you know yeah Wicca is very strict on how they practice and like I am not a witch by any means like I do the witchy woo shit like don't come at me if I say something wrong is what I'm saying yeah (laughs) I don't know what I'm talking about um well we do but kind well I mean, like, I don't practice in a very specific structured way, right? Like, um, but like, there's people out there who are like, the full moon is for this and this only, and the new moon should be used in this way. And we need to be doing this. And these are the ways that we need to practice the, you know, um, certain things. And it's just like, I don't do that. (laughs) If I feel like I need to release something, I'll do a release kind of thing if it happens to be the full moon, then awesome. All more power to it, I guess. Like if I can stack the things that are meant to help with a certain, you know, intention, awesome. 
but I'm not going to sit around like, you know, if it's the day after the new moon or the, you know, maybe a couple of days after the new moon or the full moon when like, you know, the release time is kind of over, if you will, I'm not going to sit there and be like, well, I guess I got to wait a whole nother month before I can release this shit. Cause yeah. that's not happening. Um, you know, and I think it's, it's the same thing with like a lot of the stuff that we're being taught right now. Like, I don't even want to say that we're being taught. It's more, we're having the awareness of. We're being exposed to it. Yeah. Because like, you know, even the way that I was taught about crystals and things like that, it was like, you know, citrine is for these things and rose quartz is for, you know, love and self-love and blah, blah, blah. And clear quartz is like the best thing ever. And just like, cool none of that stuck for me. I was just like, ah, uh, today I feel like I need this crystal and I'd pick it up and I'd be like, cool. Cause I feel like I need to have something that's like sunny and warm and makes me feel great. And so then I'm, you know, maybe I'll pick up a citrine cause that's what it makes me think of whether it's like, that's the crystal Bible, you know, physical thing or whatever. Right. So it's, it's really, really interesting how like a lot of that stuff, like I find when, I think the best analogy I could say with this is when you are so rigid and immovable from your belief systems, you stunt the energy, Mm. right? Like you're no longer in flow. You become a rock in the rapids that create rapids and you know spins yeah they deflect the flow of the water yeah so you're disrupting that flow of energy and it's not gonna come to you in the same way that if you were just like you know to allow that to flow like you could be the leaf floating down the river or you could be the rock that's creating you know some sort of barrier or block right hopefully that made sense to people Well, if it made sense to me, I think it should hopefully make sense to our, our listeners because I tend to be able to pick out the understandings of the silliest of things, even the stuff that I say out loud too. Something else that I find super fascinating, like there's the same kinds of people in the fitness groups that say the same kinds of advice. And then there's and like my other personal favorite is like, well, you can't spot reduce fat. Well, okay, cool. But you can still work to tone that area, strengthen that area, build the muscle underneath it. Um, And actually there's something really fascinating that happens when you do start lifting weights, especially with women, like something that was really common that happened when I used to work at the gym, like way back, like this is like 10 years ago now, they would, you know, they would complain about belly fat, but then they would train their abs like crazy to try and spot reduce the ab area, which you can't necessarily do. But what actually happens is the opposite. So you have your muscles underneath a layer of fat, right? And then you're training those muscles underneath that layer of fat and you're building the muscles. They're getting bigger. They're getting stronger. And what do they do to that layer of fat? They push the layer of fat up and out. So your belly actually looks bigger, even though you are, have increased muscle mass, you can decrease your body fat. So you can't go by the BMI. We already know that doesn't help you. It's, it's a, it's an interesting benchmark, but it's bullshit, complete bullshit because I can weigh 180 pounds and still be considered obese because of my height. But I could be like, if I was 180 pounds in my body, I would actually be freaking ripped, mm-hmm. but I would still technically by the, that standard be considered morbidly obese, which is ridiculous to me. 
I always go by measurements. I love measurements. That's the best way um, to see the results. But again, if you're trying to spot reduce your abs and then you build up your abdominal muscles and your belly sticks out more, I can understand why it would be discouraging. Same with stepping on the scale. Okay, you've been working out for a month. You've been lifting weights like crazy. Holy shit, I've gained 20 pounds. Why? Well, because you've built 20 pounds of muscle, my friend. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. And they and they like they'll go off on these tangents about, you know, can't do this, you can't do that. I'm like, how many of you in this group of 400,000 people actually know what you can do to help these people? Where's the moderators of these groups? What are they saying to their to the people in their groups? Do they really care? Maybe they do care, maybe they're just, you know, whatever. Like there's a couple of groups that are run by coaches you can tell that coaches answering questions the coach is responding to a lot of the different commentary. Cool story. Still bad advice. <laughs> Still bad advice. <laughs> like, and then the parallel to that is the patterns that I see my favorites in the witchy groups. First and foremost, it's always a call in for a love spell. Mm-hmm. And then the second one is wanting to hex others. Oh, and then the third part, we'll come back to the hexing part, but the third part is then the people who come in and shame and mock and shame and, and poke fun at the ones that want to do the hexing. Oh, you shouldn't do this. And, and the rule, the ones that are like the rule bringers and like, you got to do it this way. You can't do it that way. And it's just like, can we stop fucking micromanaging other adults, please? Can we stop? Mm-hmm. What do you think this hex is going to do? Have you not ever heard of return to sender? Have you not ever heard of karma? no clearly we have not (laughs) it's yeah it's it's interesting and like i don't know just about the whole hex situation like when like yeah there's times where like i'll be driving down the street and someone will cut me off or do something super stupid and i like i throw out like I guess you could say it could be curse work, if you will. Um, but I, I wish, like, you know, I hope you get stopped at every single red light on your drive, <laughs> or that you always step in wet something one after you put on fresh socks. Like that. That's oh, the have, thing you, have you said that to me? Because that happens to me a lot. <laughs> I always find the puddles. Maybe you should return that to sender. But it was. <laughs> um, but yeah, like like things like that, like that would just irritate them. Right. Yeah. But I also remember that, I mean, oh, this is another thing too. That whole, like, um, what is it? The rule of three. I've totally forgotten it. Um, like ugh, whatever you do will come back to you three times, I think is kind three of the gist of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I get it, but where, where does that fall for these people who want to hex people? Because I mean, the way that I understand hex work, first of all, um, way to create some, you know, interesting bindings and, you know, like, well, not Akashics, but like maybe contracts, cords and vows and oaths and things like that, because those, those are good magics to throw out people. Um, but also too, like, it's very, like, if you get into it, it's very structured in the sense of like, you need to be very very careful about how you throw this energy around because if you're not careful and you don't do it properly you could end up making it much worse for you and not even affect the other person yep the slip of the tongue 
for sure. Like that is also a factor in your manifesting. You have to be very clear on what it is that you want and very explicit in what you want. Otherwise you end up creating, like you say, problems for yourself. Cause I've had to unwind some of my own manifestations that way. Cause I've missed a word or said the word in the wrong spot. Like it's the same as like Hermione being like, it's not Leviosa, it's Leviosa or whatever. The yeah. <laughs> like that's actually true. Like if you pronounce something wrong, you put the word in the wrong emphasis, whatever, like it just, <sighs> language is important. The words we use cast spells. Yeah. And I don't know. It's, it's very interesting. Cause like I've been around a few of the witchy people in, you know, local circles that have done hexing and curse work. And it's just like, I ain't got no time for that. Like, I'll just send out, like, I don't want to say I psychically attack people, but that's probably what I'm doing. I should recall my energy. <laughs> well, but also like is saying fuck that noise psychically attacking or is that a block or is that a return to sender right because there's also that because sometimes people will come at me um especially like heavily religious belief people well like oh i'm going to pray for your soul to be saved because you're doing witchcraft like bitch you probably should want to pray for yourself before you're gonna pray for me because <laughs> pray for my soul <laughs> like I don't want anything to do with that. And I will literally block it, reject it and return to sender. Um, but there's just something about the way that it is said too, that it's almost like you can feel them trying to hook you into something, mm -hmm. which feels gross to me. That is a psychic attack. Preaching something to me that I'm not interested in is a psychic attack. Anything that is non-consensual can be a psychic attack, some kind of any of that. And I mean, cool. It's, it's fun and all. At, in the moment but then I sometimes do think like do I want that karma or should I recall that okay well I've had my five minutes of fun okay I'll recall that back now like because there's also a really good chance that the person on the receiving end of it has already got enough of their other stuff going on that they don't necessarily they're speaking from a place of trauma anger frustration whatever mm -hmm. some kind of a disempowered place and that's why you know there's that issue in the first place um yeah, and like I, it's something about our city. I don't know if it's the province or if it's just our city because I don't notice it as much in the smaller towns when I'm driving. But there's something about driving in Winnipeg. There's got to be a really angry grid on that driving grid because, especially in the downtown area, like oh, there yeah. are certain there are certain areas that I will be like I can drive around my neighborhood no problem. But I cross over the Salter Bridge or the Arlington Bridge or the McPhillips Underpass and the energy shifts. And people are, the energy energetically are coming at you. And there is so much anger around the drivers around here. Like even in my neighborhood, actually, like I remember driving home one night and someone had come out of the Tim Hortons parking lot a little too fast and a little too close. And I leaned on the horn because I actually thought he was going to go right side swipe into me. He fucking slows down and stares me down. Like, <laughs> turns, his, turns his head and stares me down as I'm passing him. And I'm like, do you know what you're trying to do right now that's coming back to you times 10? Because that's uncalled for. And if you're going to follow me home, because he continued to try and intimidate me down the drive home, I kind of thought, like, this is where my witchcraft practice comes in my favor. Don't mess around with me. I don't have time for that. I will come out swinging. 
Let's then just when call I'm on certain again. collectives to come and protect you. Absolutely. But then when I'm back to my own place of safety and I know that the moment has passed, I'm going to send back all of that anger and I'm going to call back mine. I'm not going to leave it like that because I don't want that karma. I don't actually enjoy the idiots behind the wheel in our city because I've also been that. And I, and I like, I'm not a perfect driver. I'm, I mean, I mean, my driving record might say otherwise, but what I'm saying is that like, I'm not necessarily always the nicest person in my head when I'm driving because it's like as soon as you get behind the wheel here it's like you just get into that that angry Winnipeg driver mentality and I noticed that when I've traveled because I've spent a few years now going back and forth to Alberta because I freaking love it there and I'm pretty sure I want to move there um but the energy is different Calgary drivers are crazy but they're a different kind of crazy they're not angry crazy they're just fucking like ballsy crazy like they'll cut you off at the last second in front of an overpass and they'll take their turn and and they're doing 30 kilometers an hour over the speed limit and not even caring. And I'm like, I'm definitely going to drive like a tourist while I'm here. And I'm okay with that. I don't enjoy driving in the city on the, on their, their freeways, their little like deer foot and crow foot and whatever the hell other foot light ways are like, and their roundabouts are confusing AF, but um, like residential driving is fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, once I get more familiar with it, it might be a different story. And maybe I'll become a crazy Calgary driver where I'm doing 30 kilometers over the speed limit, but they're, they're not as, um, I feel like they don't have as many speeding ticket traps in that city as that we do in Winnipeg. And I also know where they are in Winnipeg, so. Money. Well, that's true. That's true. They don't necessarily need to go looking for the money from there. <laughs> I definitely definitely agree. There is some sort of like angry driver grid in Manitoba. I don't know where it comes from. I, I think honestly, the thing that has gotten me to be like a more serene driver where like most times out of 10, unless I have an appointment to go to, or I have to do something in this time frame, I'm usually like, cool, cut me off, bro you probably need to go somewhere really fast. That's fine. It'll be cool, you know? And I think what really changed that for me is having a child. Motherhood has really made me a serene, calm person (laughs) for the most part. (laughs) That's fair. I definitely drive much differently when I have children with me. Um, Even even like teenage age children, whether they're also drivers or not, like I do drive differently than when I'm by myself. Um, I, I used to be a lead foot. Mm. Um, I'm less of a lead foot now. I definitely know my limits better. Um, like when to push it, when I could get away with it kind of thing, when it's safe to do so, when it's not necessarily as safe to do so. I'm not the kind of moron that's going to blast by you at 150 kilometers an hour on the perimeter. God, no. But if I am passing you, I'm probably going to be doing about 120 and not feeling guilty about it for the short period of time that it's going to take to pass you. And then, you know, get back into my groove of driving at whatever my cruise control speed may be. Um, But in the city, like, I don't enjoy the stop and go stuff. But I also, I get, I still get triggered by aggressive people that, people that don't take their turns properly at stop signs. I could, I can deal with not signaling. But if I was there five, five to 10 seconds before you, and you haven't even completed the stop, and you're still going through the intersection that I was already, like, ready to go for, like, that irritates me AF. It happens mostly in residential areas, like right around where I like close to my home. Mm. And it's like, and then crazy drivers during school zone times too. Like that gets under my skin because that's like a, it's a safety concern. 
you know, like I understand that. And it's interesting to be the observer um, of my own mindset when I'm behind the wheel compared to how I navigate the rest of my day. Because I, there is something that changes when you sit behind the wheel of the vehicle that it's just like, and my mindset is like, boom, ready, ready to go. Cause like ready to pick a fight with somebody, not physically actually, but just like wanting to take my turn and, and, and mark my place, I guess like that, that was my turn. I deserve to go kind of thing. Like, I mean, that's so petty and so silly, but at the same time, why, why is everybody else in such a rush? That's another question. Like, and why also is everybody else so angry behind the wheel? Like, do we just kind of continue to load that energy grid? And then as soon as you step behind the wheel, you're just automatically plugged into it. Like, I'm sure I could unplug from that, but I've had a couple of scary road rage experiences in the last couple of years with the lockdowns, like, cause definitely people are struggling with their mental health and I get that. Yeah. But like, never have I ever until last, I think it might've been actually 2020, 2020 fall or no spring of 2020. So maybe this, this time, I don't know. I think it was spring. It was messy, wet, mucky weather. And I don't even know why this guy did what he did, but he parked, he managed to get in front of me and then stop his vehicle, block me from proceeding and get out of his vehicle to threaten me. And I was like, this was when I kind of had that first realization of like the idea of you don't know who you're messing with, sir, because I have a fair amount of energetic backing right now that I'm going to toss your way. And I had kind of contemplated the idea of tossing a bell jar around him for a while as well, because I kind of figured like, this guy is so hopped up on whatever. I'm pretty sure he was probably on some kind of drugs, to be honest with you, because there is no way he would have gotten out of his, this like a little pipsqueak, like I, like literally like skinny, like nothing, no meat on his bones at all, freckles, like really young guy. Like I'm sure he was not more than 22 years old. And in fact, I think he was much younger than that, but obviously still driving. But the amount of rage that was coming out of this kid at my vehicle because I wasn't going fast enough for him that he had to pass me on this side road. There was vehicles behind us that witnessed it happen. And I kind of thought, thank goodness it was like rush hour ish traffic because had I been on a side street alone, I would have already been on 911, but because there was other people behind me witnessing it, I'm like, I'm going to let this play out. I'm going to play in my energy a little bit. And all of that anger that I was feeling that I had tapped in that was in his field, I pushed back into his out of mine and into his and he he said what he said and I was like cool story bro and then he got up and went back into his vehicle and drove off but I kind of thought like this could have gotten much worse like what is wrong with the world right now and thank goodness I was able to play with that energy a little bit but since then I was like okay time to check the energy that I have when I'm driving also because I don't necessarily need to be the instigator because when you're the instigator, you call more of that in, right? Which is the same thing as the hexing, which is like, boggles my mind about how many people that are wanting to do these and give that kind of advice in, in Facebook groups and think that it's like, and don't think that there might be some kind of karmic repercussion <laughs> because karma works in mysterious ways, man. You may not realize what's happening, but it's it can actually almost be instantaneous. Like, I used to joke with my dad because when him and I would get into arguments, usually after I would say my piece, he would try and leave the room, but ended up like pinching his finger when he was um, like near the, the one of the cupboards or whatever, he would catch his shirt on the door handle or something. 
And I would almost, I would say, yeah, maybe you shouldn't have picked that fight with me because that's your karma as kind of a joke, you know? And it would get him riled up a little more, but my dad was a bit of a character so he could take it. And sometimes he would take the joke and other times he would fly off even more and I would just start to laugh. But it really can be that instantaneous. And I think we need to be more aware of the energy that we're holding. And I know, I know for myself personally, like I spent probably most of 2021 in a lot of anger. I was trying to hide it and I was aware of it and I would talk about it, but I was trying to keep it contained within me because my life situation was, was not ideal. So that would explain why maybe I was kind of attracting some of these experiences with like the angry drivers and the stupidity of whatever's happening. So there's got to be a way to unplug. I wonder what, what the reason is for um, why Winnipeg drivers? Why? What, what is it about Winnipeg? Why, why Manitoba? Why Winnipeg in general? You know what I mean? Like, uh, there's, there's more to that. Mm-hmm. When, well, I don't know if we want to get into it on this episode, and, but we have some hypotheticals. We do. We definitely do. There are, there is a lot of interesting history in our city. And I just, well, the province in general. That is very true. That is very true. And when I do tap in energetically to the history, it does feel very heavily loaded and not necessarily with the best intentions. Mm-hmm. Hello, kitty. <laughs> That's interesting timing. It's like acknowledging. Um, anyways. Um, yeah, it's, it's curious about, like, there's, I think this land has a lot to say. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of grid of information that we can tap into to, to see and, and explore why Winnipeg does seem to have this like anger imprint. And it isn't just the drivers because it is in public spaces too. Um, but I think a lot of people have gotten comfortable being keyboard warriors and angry, angry passive aggressively. Um, and kind of expecting to still get positive reinforcement for bad behavior because it's kind of how education shifted for a little while there. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we're starting to see the fallout of that because now these kids are now adults and they're the ones that get pissed off when you're not going fast enough, even though I was doing more than the speed limit. And then they, they think they're so worried about being in a rush that they're going to stop traffic to go and yell and scream at me through my window that I could be. Barely- it just doesn't make sense at all. <laughs> Close my mind. Oh, I wish I remember what he, remember what he, I remember something he said to me that I kind of heard through the window that made me laugh. Oh, right. I remember now. He was commenting on the value of his vehicle over the value of mine. He's like, well, you're in some $50,000 vehicle. What kind of damage do you think I could cause to you compared to my piece of crap van, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, what is even the point of your threats here? Like, what are you trying to accomplish, sir? Was what? was what I said to him. And that was when I also sent him the energetic, like, don't fuck with me vibe. This isn't happening. And he, he like something shifted in his eyes and he kind of recoiled. And I was like, that's what I thought. I didn't say that out loud, but I thought that in my head and I was like, okay, shake this off. And he caught back in his van and drove away. And I made sure that um, when we got to the next intersection, I was going to turn, but if he was turning, I was going to go straight just to avoid and like take a different direction. Like, Cause I had no problem taking a different direction. Like if I was five minutes late for an appointment, oh, well, you know, I would rather, I'd rather arrive safely than, you know, 
but it was just it was so ridiculous to me and it's it's interesting how how we we get caught up in our emotion and we we just we're on this interesting loop and we don't uh we're not even aware of what we're saying and some of the things that come out of your mouth doesn't even make sense and it's like oh poor kid poor kid what do you what what kind of damage do you think my vehicle could do to your vehicle yeah and then i'd make a claim and i'd play pay my deductible if they made it Um, the claim you know like, but also, like what kind of damage is this going to do to your driver's license do you even have a driver's license sir <laughs> do you even have insurance because that's a crime not really but like you know <laughs> well i did I, in my well 20 years ago my my third accident my third and final major accident wasn't really i was rear-ended by somebody who was a drunk driver she admitted that she was a drunk driver and she was driving a vehicle that wasn't hers and not insured. Oof. So she did jail time. She also had a rap sheet though. So yeah, like it's basically what, I mean, like when I bought my car and I was like, so can I just like drive it off the lot or can I borrow one of your vehicles to like go and get my insurance? They're yeah. like, you know, it's kind of up to you. You can self-insure. And I'm like, I'm not fucking doing that. Like what if someone decides to hit me or like, I don't know, I hit a pedestrian or something and then I screwed like I'm now and that I'm out millions of dollars you know <laughs> or whatever yeah well actually if you're at a reputable car dealer they won't leave you off the lot they won't let you off the lot until they put the plates on the car for you mm-hmm. so I also find it kind of curious when I see vehicles driving around without plates it's like well how'd you get that off the lot because I know what they're actually supposed to follow for protocol and my brother when I purchased my vehicle my brother-in-law drove me to the insurance company. We went and got the plates. We came back to the dealership and then the dealership put the plates on my vehicle before they would release the keys to me. Interesting. So strange days, strange days in our province. That's for sure. I feel like it's lessening though. I feel like at least the energy has been shifting. I've been, I've had to go out a couple times this week and it's been, it's, been feeling lighter I don't know maybe that's just my own projections to the world because like you know we don't have as many restrictions and it makes me feel more free and spring's coming I don't know but like things feel shifted I think that they do I still think that there is a little bit of residual uncertainty for some groups of people that are still a little for lack of a better word gun shy about re-entering right back to nothing because like, I do respect the the provincial decision to not just rip the Band-Aid off, mm-hmm. even though they're arbitrary rules. Like, I, I respect the decision, but then I also wish that they would have prepared us as a collective a little better. Like, it could have been handled so much differently um, than what it was, and that's fine, and I'm taking it upon myself as a healer to try and be better at helping others navigate that you know not being like or if i am feeling judgmental to check myself and you know go down a different aisle or whatever i definitely have to practice that better behind the wheel of my vehicle i'm working on it (laughs) um i sound like an angry bitch i'm actually not i'm just a sarcastic bitch (laughs) um i also tend to mitigate it with jokes and whatnot too and and I think if we can project so much anger out into the world, because we have, we've seen a lot of that coming up to the surface in the last few years, that um, perhaps 
we can take Aaron's approach where you, you know, project the, the peace and the calm and the fun and the livelihoodness. And like, if I can, if I can calm down a guy that's strung out, just doing that energetically, whether I choose to bring in entities or I shouldn't say that not entities, but like energetics that of like the don't fuck around and find out kind of vibe, like you're not going to win this one versus the, you know, blasting love and not love and light, but like blasting love and peace and energy and calm into their field. Like if we as humans can learn how to, to manipulate energy in that way, just from our own physical body, man, the world would be so much different, so much different than what it is right now. And there are days that for sure things still trigger me and annoy me. I've never enjoyed retail public though. Like I'm not, I'll go shop in other cities and other countries. Like I love going shopping in the States. I freaking miss it. I'm in my own happy bubble. No problem. No issues. Come to my own Walmart in Winnipeg. Forget it. I don't want to be there. I, I don't want to interact with people. Somebody bumps me with their card and my head's whipping around, giving them a look like, what the heck? Like, dude, calm down. <laughs> like, I have to like say this to myself sometimes. So now I just, I choose to go shopping during the quiet hours, like seven o'clock in the morning when it's not busy, it's not crazy. And it's just a bunch of lovely elderly people that don't want to make eye contact with you. <laughs> it's a good time. It's easy. And then I can still be in that helpful role, right? Like, I've never enjoyed retail though. I don't know what it is. I don't think I could ever work in retail. I chose hospitality instead because I could be a little bit more of my fun personality, but it wasn't any easier. There's still jerks in that industry too, mm-hmm. but I know how to navigate that that realm. I know where my boundaries are and I know how to say no to somebody when they're pushing their limits as if I'm their bartender or their server. Like I'm a, I'm not, I have more confidence, I guess, in that area and more practice than then say retail because it's like there's a, even a grid on the retail of like well the customer's always right well no sometimes the customer's also an asshole sometimes the customer's an asshole and i and i i would have no problem being the person standing in line calling out another person for their bad behavior who's treating a retail worker like crap you know mm-hmm. um and i've seen a lot of that actually in the last year too and then you know what i find super interesting this, this lovely not so lovely at first lady in a Tim Hortons lineup in a mall, she was livid with the staff because they weren't moving fast enough or whatever. And I called her out on it. And I said, you know, the rest of the people in the line here don't necessarily want to listen to your tantrum. Maybe you could slow down. And she turned and looked at me because she was ready to fight. And I didn't do anything. I was just standing there like this. She was ready to fight, but she looked, took one look at me and her whole energetic shifted. And I was like, what is it that you actually need, my dear? And she freaking like laid out her whole story of why she's so stressed out. I heard her whole life story in five minutes. Mm-hmm. Calm down the Tim Hortons clerk too. She got what she actually wanted and then said, thank you to me for calling her out at the end of it before she left. Like sometimes people who are flipping out actually just need somebody to witness them. It's like a toddler having a tantrum. They are usually looking for something. They're not doing it to be cruel and hard, like, you know, horrible little humans. They're looking for something and they just don't know how to express it. That's right. Nav- not knowing how to navigate the world. That's actually a huge awareness for me um, to start maybe approaching them. Those people that trigger me, like conflict triggers me, but yet I don't mind being the one to, to call it out. Cause I get into that authoritarian that's an Akashic showing by the way, for all of our listeners, I have a few timelines where I've been um, military or militant style authoritarian. Um, and 
I don't have the problem being the one to call it out. But then when they start slinging personal insults back at me, that's where I, I, I get little like, now you've crossed a line kind of thing. Um, but if we could actually recognize that it's a hurting inner child or a hurting aspect of self that is crying out for attention and maybe was never given the tools, the skills and the ability to navigate the world that we're in right now, like it's mostly when I don't have patience for myself that I also don't have patience for other. So that's also where I could like use a giant energetic hug from a kind person rather than you know, being the obnoxious, but I have a really hard time seeing something happen that's injustice and not want to say something. That's, I've always been that way since, mm-hmm. since childhood. So I don't know that I'm ever going to change that, but I think I might play a little more with my energy of how to manipulate and diffuse the situation. And it'd be really cool to get to the point where I don't even have to do it, or I don't have to say a word, but I can just do it energetically. Having it so powerful that all I have to do is like give the mom look to somebody but in a loving way and they just like change their yeah shrink shrink down their nonsense and actually communicate what they need yeah or even just zapping them right like just send oh, yeah. them that's energy true. And be like dude what's up yeah that's true i forgot about that i haven't done that in a while i forgot about that wow that's a fun time yeah it could be I've been doing bubble blasting instead where I basically imagine an energy bubble of myself. And then if there's something in my field that I don't want, I imagine it expanding so much that it bursts, but then when it bursts, it takes all the nonsense with it out into the ethers. That's fun. Yeah. It is a fun time. That'd be fun to do as a bartender, man. (laughs) I used to get a bartending job part-time again. Just to practice all your energy energy stuff that'd be kind of fun not in a bar though maybe in a nice restaurant Mm -hmm. yeah that would be entertaining i couldn't handle the bar scene anymore (laughs) even just tapping into the energy of that it's a no for me dog it's a no for me yeah i don't know i'll stick to criticizing the online facebook groups (laughs) (laughs) fair fair enough Awesome. Well, any, I don't know, final words of wisdom that you want to share? Um, Ask me that after my weekend retreat away in the woods with my hot sauna shamanic journey plan that I have, Mm -hmm. because I am going off grid for 48 or more hours. The place that I've rented has a beautiful jacuzzi bathtub, which is filtered lake water, which I can't wait to soak in all the minerals from that. And then I have a sauna that I can access and I'm in the bush and I cannot wait. And it's also lakefront. I don't know what the lake's going to look like, but the area that I'm going to is like seven degrees warmer than the city and has been consistently all week long, seven degrees warmer than the city. So I'm curious to see what the melt is going to look like. And I actually don't actually know what their snowfall was like, because I feel like the trajectory of the snowfall was actually not necessarily Mm-hmm. that high north in that area i feel like it might have actually been south of bojager because tends to be the trajectory of like it hits riding mountain area and then travels down on an angle towards winnipeg but then it will skirt out of the white shell so we'll see i don't know what the snow covers like but i'm excited to explore i freaking love being out there i love literally anywhere about the city and i'm in heaven i want to be in the forest or at the beach something in nature so i definitely want to live in the country that's like a wide open flashy trajectory yeah 
country mm -hmm. vibe living of some kind or near the it's mountains. My dream. That'd be nice. One day. Sooner rather than later. Yeah. I've always said I wanted to run a bed and breakfast kind of style place. So mm -hmm. I have the hospitality, incorporate the energy healing option, put me in the forest at, and have like people coming to me for whatever like that would be amazing be interesting yeah live out there and never have to deal with society have amazon deliver all my goods <laughs> <laughs> if they come out that way anyway yeah um, i don't even know yeah. drop ship with a drone eventually they will be yeah probably true yeah well um i don't know i don't think i really have any words of wisdom or things to share other than like I love my little like tidbit of like people who are upset in the world and like just relating them back to like a child and kind of approaching them how I would approach my daughter you know and like having that compassion and recognizing that it's not them being cruel or mean it's them not being able to express what they're looking for what they're searching for yeah you know because, I mean, I can tell you, I just lived through a very awesome week or two of, like, tantrum central. Like, we hit two and a half, and that's it. We're, like, <laughs> on our way to, like, I don't know. Don't they say terrible twos and then troublesome threes? Uh, yeah, I heard terrible twos and then the three-nager. Oh, I haven't heard that one. That was interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I could see. Yeah. For the most part, she's still a very, very sweet child. Um, just don't get her hungry and uh, don't let her be overtired. Sounds and then you're okay. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like me. Relatable. Yeah, I, I get it. I understand. And let me nap. And then I'm a happy person. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, when they fight their naps, it's like, oh, please. Could I just yeah. have something that just knocks you right out? That'd be great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, two hours outside might do it, but that's a lot of work on mama. Oh, yeah. I Now that the weather's nice, I don't mind going out. It's just I have to get up and get her out the door in a reasonable amount of time. Yeah, that's valid. Yeah. So. Anyways, loves, thanks for coming to our rant and rave today yeah <laughs> mostly, it's mostly carol ranting it's mostly always carol ranting you guys are probably sick of me i should shut up <laughs> i'm not going to <laughs> like, nah. <laughs> i'm not going to it's what i'm here for yeah awesome well we will um see you all well, i keep doing that you guys can all listen to us next week we took an unintended break this past yeah. week it happens we're dropping our podcast when we feel like it yeah trying to fit that flow this seems to be a pretty busy month for us too so that is true and it's going by just as fast as february did oh god it is so fast but i have an online circle happening on march 30th and you have an in-person circle happening yeah i have an in-person circle happening on the hold on sunday where's my calendar yeah, on the 27th, I have an in-person um, happening. So you can like reach out to me on Facebook or Instagram and like DM me for that info. Um, I also have an 
online circle with the same content information um, happening on the 26th of March. So that is Saturday. Um, again, people can reach out to me on Instagram or Facebook and uh, look for all the details and I will send them to you. If you're yeah, I dig, it. I dig it. So if you live in the Winnipeg area, go to the in-person because community is needed right now. And then if you don't live in the Winnipeg area or you don't want to drive across town, <laughs> we're, we're kind of on either side so we can get either, either group. That's valid. I'm, I'm yeah. My circle is online only because I don't have the physical space to host guests. However, going forward, I would love to host some outdoors. So come on, mother nature, let's Let's bring up that spring even faster because I cannot wait to be. Mm -hmm. Oh, I just love spring. So anyways, that is all. Love y'all. Thanks for listening. See y'all in a week. Yeah. Take care, everyone. <laughs>